I actually was an aristocrat. It's kind of weird to be a part of that legend. It was my mom, my dad, me, my brother, and my nana. My father would come out on stage, the music would play, and he would start masturbating. My brother comes out, they do a, like a mutual masturbation, kind of like a dueling banjos. They're holding hands and spin. I stay in a stationary position when the assholes come by and I lick the assholes. And in one motion, my mother, um, both pinkies up their assholes as they come. It's pretty, it's pretty spectacular. And it's all about timing. Reagan Fox, Reagan Fox, Fox in the city, Fox in the city, F me in the A, and give me a BJ. At faculty meetings, which I love going to, they're so much fun. I love a faculty meeting. I love a faculty meeting on Zoom. Just when you thought a faculty meeting couldn't get any better, then you put it on Zoom, and it's just so much fun. They always do a thing because it's Robert's Rules of Order. And isn't there always one person at a meeting who actually knows Robert's Rules of Order? And they're like, no, no, sorry, we're doing it out of order. Robert would not approve of this. Now, first we have to bring the motion to the floor. Then we have to vote on whether or not we're going to vote on it. And then after, if, if there are enough votes to vote, then we'll vote. But that's all assuming that we have quorum, right? And quorum is having enough people present at the meeting, which there never are enough. There's never quorum. The basic things that you have in a meeting, you have announcements, you have the old business, and you have the new business, right? And so for the announcements, there's always somebody who has, there's a ta- everybody wants to raise their hand for an announcement and tell you about the, the, the stuff that like, I'd, okay, here's your pet cause that you're talking about, and I just totally check out. That's when I start playing Hearthstone on my iOS device. It's like, does anybody have an announcement? Yes, John. Before we do that, I wanted to give you a flyer (laughs) for my new one-man show. Uh, It's called Glen Gary, Glen John Glen. How is the forensics team doing before we start this faculty meeting? For how was well, Gwen got fourth place in the preliminary round, and she barely missed breaking into the semifinal round. Now, Anthony got third place and he was even closer to breaking but he did not break into the elimination rounds oh i have an announcement too hi everybody as you know i started doing i'm starting teaching a yoga class in downtown long beach so you can all come and if you use my discount code which is Shavasana, then you can hashtag Shavasana on the website, then you can get $10 off. And we're doing, it's real inexpensive, $50 for an hour. And you come in, we're going to do downward facing dog. We're going to, we're going to do all of it. We're going to do all, we're going to do child's pose. We're going to do happy baby pose. We're going to do warrior one, warrior two. We're doing all the warrior numbers. Just come on. Just send all of this shit through email. All of these announcements. I, I don't want to hear. And then uh, then I'll have something to complain about with email. Like, why are you sending me these emails? Like, let's keep everything strictly work-related. I sweat the small stuff. I'm sorry. I do. I do. I do. I do. For E.G., okay? So, growing up, I had... 
I always had ice makers as far as long as my memory could last because in Texas you get amenities for places. You can get a I think my dad bought a seven bedroom house in the suburbs of Houston for two hundred thousand dollars and we had we had we just always had ice makers, right? But then I Move to California where you get no amenities. If a person isn't killed in front of your apartment com- complex building every night, then that's a that's a big selling point. That's an amenity in West Hollywood. And, and you certainly don't get stuff like a washer and a dryer. I have a dishwasher only because my stepfather bought me a portable one. It has wheels. I have to lug it over. I have to push it over to the to the sink. Every night when I, I mean, it's a hassle. It's a hassle. I certainly have to make my own ice in in Southern California. So I have ice trays. I didn't know that when, I I just learned this year because I didn't know the physics of it all. I didn't know the chemistry of it all. But so I I would make ice in the ice trays and then I didn't run hot water on the container, so I would just try to crack it and break it out, and, th- and the ice was breaking in half before it would come out. It never came out easily. And then I learned the trick. No, you have to run it under hot water, the container, and then it'll just pop out. But to give you an example of how I sweat the small stuff, so because it's such an ordeal to make ice for me, then uh, if one piece of ice falls out of the tray and onto the floor to where I can't use it, I sweat that. I'm like... That is one less piece of ice. Man, it takes forever to make this ice. A couple of hours, and now I'm, I've lost that. That cube is gone. It's gone forever. Most people would look at the ice cube on the floor and go, okay, well, that sucks. No, no, I fixate on it. I'm going to be upset about it for at least 10 minutes. So you know when something more major happens in my life that I really latch onto it like a dog with a bone. And especially lately because I found new drugs to do. At 45, I don't do any of the interesting drugs anymore, like Molly or any of that. That that was all for, for my 20s. Now I tea. That's what I'm really into. Ice tea. I could mainline it. I'm the Courtney Love of ice tea. I'm like I can't get enough of it, man. It's the only way I feel alive. It's the only way I feel alive. I'm becoming a more neurotic person because of it. I'm like the Woody Allen now of West Hollywood. I'm West Hollywood Woody Allen with less child rape. In fact, with no child rape, okay? So I was I was playing <laughs> I was playing video games and I was doing my Woody Allen impersonation. Hi, I'm Woody Allen. I'm neurotic. Everything is soon ye. I'm Woody Allen. And my friend Will, who I play video games with, he pointed out, he's like, you know, a big part of your Woody Allen impersonation is you just coming right out and saying that you're Woody Allen. I got sidetracked. Oh yeah, old business. Old business. So you know that I had this falling out with Madge and Debbie, and it's very unfortunate, and uh, I, I guess we're past it, right? Fractured friendships, and and you had to find peace with that. But I was watching Waiting for Guffman, which I haven't watched in a long time, and there was this argument between two of the characters, and I, as I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of my argument with Madge. I can't hear on, you. I think we have to work on the music a little bit more. But Fine. I don't want to make trouble, so I don't really want to do this in front of them. But I Where think, do you want to do it? Well, I think we have to sit down and make a schedule. 
that includes some some music time because I think Gene and I have you, to Why work. are you whispering? <laughs> I'm right here. You know. I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want me to talk louder? Because I th I think that well, now it it's would too be too loud. <laughs> you know, just talk like a normal person, okay? I think what they were doing was good. Well, to me, you yes, rehearsed, you rehearsed, you, you rehearsed. did it perfect. You know exactly what you're doing, and, and, and then you forget about it. Job. Let me pinpoint you. You said they learn it, they forget it, and that's okay. That's great. Well, they've forgotten it, but they never <laughs> learned it. So when do they learn it? I'm just saying, when do we have it? But what I'm saying is, if they they're going to forget it anyway, down. then what difference does it make? I mean, you see what I mean? It's just like, it's like one of those, no, no, it's like please. a, it's Maybe like I... a, it's a zen thing. It's like, you know, you know, how many babies, you know, fit in, in the, in the tire thing, that whole, the old joke, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, you have a point. I just saw, I, I, I don't want to, I don't, I, my goal here is not to keep the drama going because I'm, I'm, I'm in a better place with it. I've accepted the things I cannot change, but the argument, as I was watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally, rem like Madge would be the Christopher Guest guy, the gay director. And, and, and I'm, I'm the person who is using conventional logic, right? Like what I think is to be very like, like if we're gonna do this, we, we have to do it the right way. And, um, <laughs> you know, in, in theater, in performance, you do say to people, you have to rehearse something so much that then you're able to forget all of the, uh, the, the process of your rehearsal. You can stop like performing and you can just kind of be, but it takes a lot of work to get to that point. But I love that the Christopher Guest person, but this is the reason why I compare it to my argument with Madge. Like, there is trying to use this, I guess the argument has its own internal logic to it. Like, well, if you're just trying to remember something so much that you forget it, they, they haven't, they've already forgotten it because they've never learned it. See, it makes so much sense. What don't you get about that? There's this statement that you're so far in last place, you think you're in first. <laughs> and that's what, Reminded me of it. Anyway, that's old business. And I had to do the old business because of Robert's rules of order. I'm not trying to rehash the bad stuff. I had to. My hands were tied here. Robert's rules of order. We can't live in a world where there's no order. It would just be chaos. So that's why I had to do it. Just rubbing a little bit more salt in that wound. Although it's a collective wound, right? It's not just one person's wound, it's many people's wounds. By the way, I'm still listening to our show, which I think says something. It says something that I'm not so bitter about the situation that I can still listen to and enjoy her program. That's something, that's something. Okay, chapters. We have three chapters. This is Fox in the City, the new chapter, and it's called the new chapter because the format has changed. I'm sorry, I've been absent. I've been very busy just trying to tie up the loose ends of the spring semester and begin my summer class. But now I'm in a place where I think I'll be able to more regularly podcast. I'm going to give you a preview of the three things that we're going to talk about today. When I was at, when I did extemporaneous speaking at speech competitions in, in middle school and high school, you always had to have a preview. And my preview was always the same. I'd get the topic and then I'd say, okay, so we're gonna talk about Bill Clinton 
So first, we're going to talk about the past and how Bill Clinton has handled this in, in historically over the past few years. Now we're going to talk about the second. We're going to talk about the present. And then finally, we're going to talk about opportunities he might have in the future. No matter what the topic was, that was always the way. Those were always the chapters that I did in extemp speaking. But uh, now that's not really the case, right? It can't always be past, present, and future. So today, the chapter preview is know your audience. That's the first chapter. The second chapter is read the contract. Do you like the subtext that I'm bringing to this? And then the third chapter is suicide yes i said it suicide suicide okay chapter one know your audience who is caitlin jenner's audience explain this to me i don't get it who is her audience and let me preface this by saying i'm not here for trans attacks ad hominem attacks against Caitlyn Jenner because there are so many things to attack about Caitlyn Jenner's worldviews and her politics that let's not make it anything to do with her being a trans woman. Who is going to vote for Caitlyn Jenner? The, the, the huge pro-trans Republican community in California, as if that community exists. Oh yeah, it's a thriving community in California of pro-trans Republicans, but she wouldn't even have the support of those fictional people, those unicorns, because Caitlyn Jenner is against allowing trans people in sports, unless of course it's her. It reminds me of GOP Congress people who are against abortion, unless it's their mistress. Who is her audience? Who is her, who is her constituency? I just, I don't understand it. It would be like me running for governor, assuming that, oh yeah, no, I have a, I have a number of voters. I have a number of voters. I have the, the anti-gay pro-bottom vote. They're all going to vote for me. This is the question that I want somebody to ask her. Who do you think is going to vote for you? Honestly, who do you think is going to vote for you? Because it seems like you alienate everybody, just from a practical point of view. Because if you look statistically, if you look at the numbers, it's the GOP that tends to be anti-trans and against pro-trans policies. Like, you're, you're... looking at a constituency that doesn't even think that you that believes that you should be using the men's restroom so do you think that these people are going to vote for you realistically do you think that they're going to vote for you the woman at the view actually asked caitlin some really great questions sunny asked her they said she said in the last 20 years you haven't voted in two-thirds of the elections in california you're not civically engaged at all but but now you want to be the governor of the state don't judge me until you've walked a mile in my heels no i don't believe trans people belong in sports or in um bathrooms but those are very small issues in in california what we need to be talking about is how gavin newsom is a complete failure 
which is why this recall is happening in the first place. I want to be a conscientious disruptor, just like Donald Trump. Oh, and then they jumped in and they were like, Joyce said, well, it's a common theme that many Republicans believe that Trump actually won the election. Do, are you one of those? And she said, well, uh, well, I don't want to talk about that. That election is over. I do want to be like Trump insofar as I'm a conscientious objector. What's your opinion about the January 6th insurrection? Why are we talking about Gavin Newsom dining at French Laundry during the pandemic while he's telling other people not to dine and, and he's not wearing a mask while he's eating his steak? Why are we talking about that? Why are we talking about how difficult it is to walk in heels sometimes? Am I right, ladies? Walking in these heels is really, they pinch your toes. I mean, I wear size 23 in pumps and they're very uncomfortable, but they they make me feel alive. I, I wear them to sleep, am I right, ladies? Am I right, I wear them to sleep. It's the only way I can get to sleep. I can't get to sleep if I'm not wearing my heels. I'll never wear a flat in public ever again. Even if I come back to do a celebrity uh, race and they bring back Olympic champions, uh, which if they if they have me do that, and it's it, it's divided between men and male and female racers, I will I will require that I run with the men, even though I'm a woman. That's. Because I'm a I'm a conscientious disruptor like Trump, and I will I will not wear flat in that race. I will wear heels. I know that our government needs to take a harder look at yeah, all. Yeah, well, it's pretty hard to look at you. We can all agree on that. She looks like a donkey took a shit in her face. Yeah, good one, Caitlin. <laughs> that was hilarious when he called her a pizza face. It's like a Papa John's pimple party. Chapter two. Hard to believe it, but we're already at number two. Read the contract. Read the contract. That's what people on Twitter are, are telling me. I hate Twitter. I do. It's my least favorite of the social media platforms. I stay on it because it's where I have my biggest audience. The thing I hate about Twitter is for the most part, it, it affords way too much anonymity. So when people don't have to hold themselves accountable or, or, or fear that anybody else is going to say, okay, here's your name and face attached with this thing that you said, they end up just being fucking insufferable assholes. And that's my problem with Twitter. It always gets worse. Just as Big Brother season is ramping up and the, the new season of Big Brother is about to start. So, so, so long story short, the weekend of my 45th birthday, somebody posted a video and it looked very much like an actual commercial for Big Brother. And it was the fight scene between me and Rachel. And it just so happened that that fight scene was trending on TikTok for like a full week and it had millions and millions of views. And that fight... It, I don't want to brag. <laughs> but that fight does trend a few times a year on different social media platforms. And whenever it does, I, every friend that I've ever had in the history of my 45 years on this planet will send me a text message or a Facebook or message or whatever. Oh my God, you're trending on this platform. You're trending on this platform. You're trending. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. So you understand how that could be exhausting, just that in and of itself. So I was already at that place of exhaustion when this, um, what I thought was a CBS commercial, because th the person who did it really made it look like it was an actual commercial. And CBS has done this stuff to me in the past where they have used clips from me or they've included, like, here's a, 
a great example of it. So uh, Big Brother 14, when they were going to bring four, or when they brought four people back, four previous house guests back, to be coaches for the new players, they included a poll on CBS.com that had 16 people that had previously played the game, and they were encouraging fans to go and vote for which of these 16 players do you think are going to be the four who are bought back, and I made it to the top four, and I never said, oh, go and vote for me in this poll, because I knew it had no impact on who was actually being brought back. And so then when I did really well in the poll, then it created all this controversy. Well, why is Reagan higher than Dr. Will? And, 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 and then people like making up complete lies like Reagan thinks he's better than Dr. Will. And you see where then it pulls me into all of this mishigas that I have absolutely, like I don't want to participate in this anymore. And it would be nice if CPS would just reach out before they did it and say, hey, would you like to would you like to be one of the 16 house guests that we include in this poll? Is that okay with you? And legally, they may not have to do that. But I'm not talking about legal. I'm talking about, is it right? Is it ethical to, to, to do that to somebody who has no interest in participation because of all of the, all, all of the hullabaloo that comes up? In, in, in the wake of that stuff. To give you an idea of how bad it gets, so uh, Dick Donato, who's the previous winner of the show and earnestly the worst person I've ever met in my entire life, I say that without reservation, he was the one going on and he was like asking on Twitter, asking his followers to go vote for him. And and I was like, why are you asking your followers to vote for you in this poll when you know it it, it has no impact? Like, purely vanity. But he was the one who was making such a big deal saying that, uh, uh, taking issue with how well I was doing in the poll, and and also the one who created the lie saying that I said that I deserve to be higher than Dr. Like, I don't fucking care. This is not my, my life is not defined by Big Brother. And so I responded in a way that I probably, I should have just taken the higher road, but I didn't. I told him that he looks like a zombie from The Walking Dead, which is true by the way, but it created this whole dust up between the two of us. And he was having his followers come and, 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 and telling them that they should track down where I live and, and, and put me in my place. And, and that's a threat of physical harm. And then he did this video where he's just like chomping at the bit. It looked like he was high as fuck. He's snarling white stuff coming out of the corners of his mouth. Hi, I mean, that's what he looked like. I don't know if he actually was, and not on iced tea. And this was, a, this was a million years ago, several years ago. But what ended up happening was I was like, oh my gosh, he's like asking people to track down where I live. And that is fucking scary. So that made my OCD go out of control. And by the end of summer, I had a full-on mental breakdown and I had to go see a psychiatrist emergency appointment I was crying I didn't think I was ever going to be normal again I really had thought I lost it so whenever I see my image being used by CBS to promote a new season in any way I get I get protective over it. And by the way, I should say, it's not like I see any residuals for that show. No, we were given like a couple hundred dollars a week and that's that, unless you win the game or win a prize within the game. There's oddly a misconception that we get residuals and we don't. I remember going to a reality show event in Las Vegas and hanging out with some people from Survivor and I, 
and they had like a survivor slots game and there were a few people i was hanging out with who their picture was on the slots they don't see a fucking dime from that in fact they got in trouble because they wanted their picture taken in front of the slot where their face was on it. And then they came and they were like, sorry, you can't take pictures. You can't take pictures in front of the slot machines. And they're like, I, but I'm on, I'm on the slot machine. They're like, sorry. I didn't even get a copy of the season that I was on. Okay. A big brother. I had to buy my own season on iTunes. We are treated like prostitutes. It's not like prostitutes get residuals from Lay's that they did a year ago. Oh yeah, I still get like, whenever whenever that John even thinks about our sexual encounter to help him get off, I get, I get 20% of that come. No, not the case for me. So what happened was somebody posted this commercial. At the time I thought it was a legit real commercial. And, uh, and I thought, oh gosh, CBS is doing it again. And of course I have an opinion about it. So I post and I say, I, I really wish they wouldn't do this. But, you know, I have an opinion about it. It's my image. And I'm not saying that they don't have a right to do it. I'm just saying it's not right for them to do it. And here's why. And so I, I, I thought it was a very, like, non-controversial post that I was making. And, uh, and but it created this whole firestorm of people. And the most common thing that people were saying is, read the contract. People would no idea what the Big Brother contract says. Which, by the way, the Big Brother contract from 11 years ago is something like 33 single space type pages. And, and the contract d didn't anticipate the prolif proliferation of streaming networks. There was no such thing as CBS all access back then. Uh, and parts of the contract that I signed were deemed unconstitutional by the state courts. Like for instance, there was a non-compete clause in the contract that said if you participate on Big Brother for a period of time, you cannot participate on another reality show. And then the, the court system was like, hold on, no, you, you can't tell people, you can't, that's not legally binding, you can't do that. So the point being that even the stuff that we signed in our contract is still, we can still have a conversation about it. We could, so like, now you have a bunch of Big Brother people who compete on MTV's The Challenge, and they love it. They love it when the Big Brother people come onto The Challenge. Well, guess what? The same people telling me to read the contract and are treating the contract as if it's, like, unquestionable are the same people who fucking love it when Big Brother people get to compete on other reality shows that aren't produced by CBS. I just don't understand people who will passionately defend the right of multi-gazillionaires to exploit working-class people and then get so upset when working-class people have an opinion about their exploitation. That mindset just doesn't resonate. Imagine saying to somebody who makes minimum wage, who wonders why minimum wage hasn't been increased in, in years after years after years, despite the fact that CEOs continue like to get these astronomical raises every year imagine saying to them stop complaining stop complaining you read your contract that you signed when you agreed to start this job you agreed for 425 an hour minimum wage or whatever minimum wage is now i don't know that's what it was when i was in high school i don't know i don't know what it is anymore i'm a bottom i'm bad with numbers math what's that Ooh, a calculator i don't understand look i try to use this phone but it doesn't i type in the numbers and it doesn't call a calculator not a phone i don't understand what is this 
I tried to put the buttons into this ATM machine and no money came up. I would say calculate. You keep calling it a calculator. I don't know what that means. I'm a bottom. So what'd you have to do to get it? I had to give all the guys in the service department hand jobs. Well, while you were doing that, I taped all the nostalgic songs from high school to get us in the mood. Michelle? Huh? I was kidding. What? You actually think I would do something like that? For a car. Well, I just assumed it was in your contract. Read the contract. Chapter, Chapter three. That was the little fart noise I made. That was my chair. <laughs> I love it when people say that. That's like Sarah Silverman has a joke about that on the Sarah Silverman program. Her television show which was so good i loved it so much but she um there's this fart noise and she looks at somebody she goes that was my chair that was my chair so i always do that even when i fart that was my chair uh initially this chapter was going to be about suicide but i um because i had a friend who recently committed suicide a few weeks ago and it's been very traumatic for me and uh, dealing with the, the long and short of it is, is, well, you know what? I'm not even going to go down that road. I, I had this whole introspective thing about suicide and I uh, went to post the show. And as some of you know, because many people reached out to me when I posted the show yesterday in its original form, the audio was all messed up. And I think that was, that was the gods, that was my angels possibly reaching out to me and saying, don't post this version of the show. When the universe talks, I listen. I listen. I don't give any back talk. I, I go, okay, okay, I won't do it. I guess I could still call this chapter suicide. But for a different reason. So it, today is June 15th. And California has lifted all of the mask mandates and the social distancing requirements. I, I went to the gym without wearing a mask today. I went to the grocery store without wearing a mask today. I would say about 80% of people at the grocery store were still wearing a mask. But oddly, I went to the gym and I, only a few people at the gym were wearing a mask. I, I say that's odd because you would think the gym is a place where you're going to invest in your health. And yet that has been the place that even during the social distancing and mask mandate stuff, where people were the most reluctant to wear it. And, and even the few people who were wearing a mask at the gym were chin strapping it. I was like, just let it go. Just take it off. Okay, just take it off. I was like a middle-aged man at Sugar Babies, which is the name of a strip bar in Houston, chanting at the women on the stage, Anna Nicole Smith from Mejia. Take, take it off, take it off, take it off. Yeah, baby, yeah. nothing better about those things. Yeah. Take it off, baby. Hopefully it's not a suicide pact. <laughs> lifting these regulations. Maybe it's too soon. I figure I'm vaccinated. And I'm going to see where the numbers go. And if the numbers continue to go down, then I'll continue to remain without a mask in public. But if, if the numbers move in a different direction, if they move up, then I'll, then I'll, I'll say, fuck it. I'm going to continue to mask or I, I, will, I will place the mask back on my face. But right now, the CDC, the state government, Gavin Newsom, who has been so conservative with all of his decision making, except for that one bobble that um, most likely resulted in his recall, which was he went to a restaurant called French Laundry during the pandemic. 
and that got picked up by the news, of course. Do you know he is 6'4"? He is 6'4", Gavin Newsom. Oh, God, I would just yank it off, y'all. At any rate, I it, they all say it's fine to do it as long as you're vaccinated. You don't have to wear the mask. You don't have to socially distance. You can go back to life as normal. And so I'm I, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm not. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. Although it is kind of scary going to my gym only because my gym is just such a notoriously filthy place to go to. It, 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 they found I'm not my hand to God. This is true. People have jumped off of the roof of it. People, they found a dead man in the sauna a few years ago. Look it up on Yelp, 24-Hour Fitness, West Hollywood. It's a very scary place. Every time I go there, I feel like I'm going to Shutter Island. I walk into the weight room. There's a there's a woman, scary-eyed, one-eyed stare, older woman who looks at me and goes, shh, puts her index finger over her mouth. Shh, it's a secret. I don't know if I'm there investigating a crime or if I'm an actual inmate in this institution of 24-hour fitness west hollywood they still have the wet areas of the gym closed thank god so you can't go in there to take a shower you can't go into the locker room you can't go into the sauna or to in or to the pool area but frankly i think that's a good decision because that the wet areas at that gym are fucking disgusting you would think it's a fucking benny hill meet sean cody but with old russian jewish guys skin tags all over their bodies those really long moles liver spots they're running from from shower stall to shower stall beating each other off looking at everybody disgusting come fuck me eyes they're like they're like the, the people old people who walk at the uh, at the mall mall walkers but they're just instead of walking around an entire wall they're just walking around the perimeter of the men's changing room completely nude with their long pendulous balls swinging in the air from one part of their thigh to the next constantly clearing their throat <laughs> And I admit it, nothing is sexier, nothing is hotter than that anonymous load. And you know none of them are vaccinated, and none of them are on prep. But they, it, it's a full-on, as I said, Benny Hill fuck fest. <laughs> the, the, the wet areas of the gym are on the first floor. It's a two-story gym. And so I always refer, and so the people who go to the, the people who participate in the Benny Hill fuck fest are, they never step foot on the second floor where any of the weights are. I'm the opposite. I'm I'm only an upstairs person. There are only downstairs people. And I refer to them as the people under the stairs. It's not like the people who actually use the regular gym to do weight training are any better because when you when you're on the weight training floor, it's like it's like a symphony of grinder sounds. Fully vaccinated bottom on prep looking to host unvaccinated top breed me seat me. Here's the only thing I do want to say about the the actual suicide. Um, I, I don't want to give any details about the information, but uh, I've been kind of on the fence about is it okay to talk about this? It just seems like such a sacred thing. And, and then the part that I get tripped up on with actual suicide is if you don't talk about it in a public forum if people shush it then 
it misses a really important opportunity to talk about suicide and by not talking about it and making it taboo to discuss it as if you're somehow violating the person's uh, privacy or or they're violating their memory or whatever, then you just perpetuate the culture in which these sorts of events happen. Oh, and something interesting that I also wanted to point out is I had heard that suicide rates have gone up during the pandemic. They have actually decreased during the pandemic. I know that seems it, it, it seems like the opposite of everything that you've heard, but Google it. I did. Now, this is not true across all demographics. So, for instance, suicide among teenage girls has increased and that and my friend who um who who took his own life a gay middle-aged man and uh another thing that i found when i was doing some research on this topic i mean god forbid anybody research anything that they're talking about on a podcast but i learned well uh, something that i noticed was that suicide in the gay community is really only talked about within the context of younger people committing suicide not middle-aged people and i think that's a that's a big missed opportunity because we're and it makes sense because we are such a youth obsessed culture and it's amplified in the gay community right and a lot of lgbtq people don't have a sense of futurity because it's not like we're not the same as straight people who have an idea of what it looks like to retire or to grow old with somebody or what does life look like past your 40s. And and that can be very isolating for the graying gay and lesbian population and transgender population. And, and, I, and that lack of a sense of what your future might look like could contribute to suicide. My friend Dusty Goltz, who is a professor at DePaul University, has a wonderful show called Dancing Le Fred Astaire Dancing Lessons. I think that's the name of it. It's fantastic, and it's all about gay men of a certain age taking their own lives. But I don't want to be too much of a downer. Suffice to say that the pandemic, I don't think, has hit all communities the same way, and it may, be, may have been particularly difficult for single gay men of a certain age or lesbians as well. Anytime I've had anything good or bad happen to me over the last year, I've had nobody to share it with because it's just me and my dog in my apartment. So I feel like I overshare on Facebook and then I, I feel guilty for that because I'm like, God, I'm so needy, but I've, I won a teaching award. And so I, if I say, look, guys, I won the teaching award, I feel like, oh gosh, now I'm tooting my own horn. But I have nobody to, to share the news with if I don't share it there. I'll, I'm just sad that I won't see my friend anymore. That that makes me sad. It's been a it's been a year of tremendous loss for a lot of people. I was out to eat with my friend Hugo. He he. Uh, I met him doing kickball, and we are uh, very close friends. And he got married and moved to Northern California, and then came down to visit. And we went to this place called Connie and Ted's, which is a fancy. Uh, seafood joint and he was telling I was telling him how I was upset about the suicide and he was telling me that there was somebody that he knew through kickball who was a middle-aged gay man who just a few weeks ago commit, committed suicide and evidently nobody saw it coming I don't know who needs to hear this right now maybe none of my listeners do I hope none of my listeners do but moments can feel overwhelming as somebody who has who suffers from mental illness 
particularly of the anxiety family. I've been in moments that have felt so overwhelming that I thought that they would never end, that I would never go back to normal, that I would, not, not necessarily that normal is a good place, but I would never get back to feeling good from a mental health perspective. But moments pass and, and things, I mean, not to sound down savagey about it, but things can get better. Uh, if you put in the work, if you get the help, if you get the treatment, if you get medicated, not medication may not be for everybody, but, and, and in fact, let, let me say this too, the, f the first, uh, you, you have to experiment with medication because sometimes you get put on a medication and it can make things temporarily worse and then it gets better or you, but you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the people who care about you to do everything in your power to try to get better. One of the one of the magic tricks, one of the sleights of hand with mental illness is that mental illness will convince you that whatever your lowest low is, that you're going to be trapped in it and that there's there's no way out, there's no return from it. And 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 you'll really start buying into that and when I was at my lowest of lows, I thought if this is my quality of life, I it's almost like if you you see somebody who's a vegetable and you're like, oh my gosh, if that's what I end up like, just pull the plug. I don't want to, I don't want to be like that. So you start thinking about that way about yourself. And, but, um, there's so many people who have recovered from mental illness and, and who have sought treatment. And believe me, if I could do it, most people can. Don't buy into the lie that things won't get better or can't get better because it's a very convincing lie that mental illness will will uh, repeatedly tell you, will fool you into. It's a thinking error. It's fortune telling. It's, uh, you know, that this thinking error where you, you think that you know what the future could could be, right? And, and nobody, nobody knows that. Okay, uh, Liz Fair, who's one of my favorite artists of all time, came out with a new album called Soberish. Soberish. And... Uh, it's not my favorite of her albums, but there are a few good songs on it. And one in particular that I really like called Ba Ba Ba. That's how we'll close out with Ba Ba Ba. Ba Ba Ba. Ba Ba Ba.
you're a sound.